0: Welcome to another episode of Thrive. Now, we've all had these client relationships that have kind of taken a turn for the worse, and that happens for lots of different reasons, right? So today we're talking about how to get those challenging client relationships back on track and how that can kind of lead to a little bit of a, a reawakening in an agency. So my guest today is founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency, Jody Katz. Jody, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you for having me and for being open to hearing the story of, you know, what kind of stinks about our business, which is when (laughs) things
0: don't go well. We don't have enough time for those stories. But yes, we'll we'll pinpoint this one particular one today. And um, this story that you've told me about, um, it really is one that I think needs to be told. And so if you want to kind of just give us a little bit of a foundation as to what happened with this uh, packaging design project, and we'll kind of launch into it from there.
1: Okay. So, um, you know, it started like the, you know, the dream situation I um, have been working hard on networking and met um, someone who's a really phenomenal woman and she's on the board of this one particular beauty brand. And she made the connection for me with the founder to start working on a project. So this is like an ideal situation, right? Like this is like the dream come true. I meet people, I connect with them. They like me, I like them and then they connect me with others. So it started off great and um i was thrilled and the project was um n- um awesome in one respect but completely not ideal in other so it was awesome because it's a high profile brand mm-hmm. they needed a total reboot on their packaging and they sell you know like all those kind of beauty specialty places any brand would want to be in so that was really exciting the downside was they had like six literally six working days to so do a total reboot of packaging before they presented it to a major retailer um, that's not good <laughs> in so many ways, but I wasn't seeing the not good part in that moment. I was like, Oh, you know, I got connected. I want to do a great job. This is totally the work that we're meant to be doing and really just had an eye on getting the business and not an eye on, well, is this even reasonable? Are we going to be setting ourselves in the client up for failure because of this ridiculous timeline? Right. So it um, it's like that perfect storm. <laughs> right? Like there's all this like good stuff or good air and then there's all this bad stuff and bad air and they crash and create under clouds.
0: Right. So, um, you basically put a ton of pressure on your team by doing that and you do what, well you did what in that moment, like what every agency owner does who really focuses on business development, they get this like dream project in and then we're, you're just like, figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. And even though, you know, there are red flags, you just push them away and you know, Ultimately, I'm assuming that the project didn't go so well.
1: Yeah. Like how do you work with a very limited timeline and have to sort of reinvent everything that the brands only known, right? Like they've only known, let's say blue. And we're in a position where we might be saying we're throwing away the blue. And how do you do that to a founder a leadership team in such a short amount of time? It's really asking too much of like any human, to part with something they've known for so long, even though they know they need to make a change. Six days is not enough. So, um, yeah, I think I was like, okay, we'll just like slog through it and make it happen. And, um, it didn't happen. It was a mess.
0: Okay. And so can you talk a little bit about how, um, the client sort of reacted and what your, Perception of that reaction was and just a little bit more about the how the emotions kind of bubbled up in the situation
1: Yeah, it became what you'd expect, which is like the us versus them Which I think is a very agency thing to happen, right? There is my team being like, well We're presenting 40,000 options at this point and you're not making a decision And then the client team just seemed like they were always unhappy right from our point of view They just seemed completely unhappy and it seemed like they weren't able to make a decision So that was from our perspective So it was, like, really messy, and I wouldn't say it was ugly or anything, it was just messy. Why can't we just find the new blue, right? Like, why should this be so hard? Everybody knows we're not, like, building mechanicals. This is just for a presentation, and albeit it's an important presentation, but we could always make changes later. So the agency side and my team side, they were just super frustrated, and they did not know how to read the client. They did not know how to um, anticipate, which I think is our job very often, right, It's like think about what the client's going to say before they say it and plan for it. Right. Um, we weren't able to do that. It was like, um, there was like a screen between us. Right.
0: But on the flip side, it also sounds like the client was probably not very good at communicating what their likes and dislikes, right. And what their preferences were or what specifically about what you are presenting wasn't working for them. So that's difficult also. I think that's a yeah. huge common, common problem with agencies.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, they, how do I say this? Like, I don't, I don't think anyone really knows what they want until they see it and they see what they don't want, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like such a process for everybody to get to what they want. Right. Um, I think, you know, the work actually in retrospect, a lot of it is really good and we go back to it now looking at it and like hit, pulling from it. So I think it was less about the work and more about the emotional pressure that was right. pulling on the spine to have to make a decision about something that was so important to their business. Right. That, that was... Um, I think that's like, can almost freeze somebody, yeah. right? Like, limit their ability to even think straight. So, I think right. that was probably more overwhelming than the work. I mean, right. we, we, you know, we tried every version imaginable. And not that my team, maybe they weren't like, you know, the most um, kind and sweet on the phone going through these calls towards the end because they were super frustrated. Right. But um, I don't think it was about the work. I think it was about the timeline and the right. pressure that the timeline created.
0: Right. Um, so fast forward a little bit and um, talk a little bit about the conversation that the client, you know, had with you, because um, that I think is the most important part of this discussion. I mean, we've all done exactly what you've what you've just described, but I think the big difference and the reason why this story needs to be told is that there is such a, a turning point, and um, I'll kind of let you talk a little bit about that.
1: Right. So basically like the project happened and ended in six days, the client went off to their meeting, presented whatever they presented of, you know, they sort of like picked and you know, looks at little screen captures of whatever elements they like that we created along the way. And they had their meeting and everything was fine. Um, fast forward, maybe a week or two later. And my client, um, gave me what I would call like, the best worst phone call I could ever have. So it was like the best version of like how a horrible phone call could ever go down. (laughs) And um, I say that because she was saying things, she was telling us how she was feeling Mm -hmm. about the process of working with us Mm -hmm. in a way that was so kind, even though like it wasn't a good experience for her. So she was really straight up about like, she didn't like working with my team. She didn't think they were collaborative. She thinks, she thought that they were like, you know, dismissive of her requests and her thoughts and her ideas. And, um, you know, not cooperative, I'd say and not t- on her team. Mm-hmm. And that stinks to hear. And she was right because there, that whole like us, them thing happened and it happened quickly. And it really put the project, you know, on a kind of sour note, even that, you know, it was like layered on a, a bunch of like difficulty on top of an already difficult project mm-hmm. That we weren't really collaborative, that it became us them, and that's on us. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that my client spoke about it, she was so kind in the sense that she's like, "Jody, I want your business to grow. Jody, I want you to have success. I want to have success with you, and this is what's getting in the way." Right. And she said it to me in a kind way. She didn't curse at me. She didn't call me names. She didn't like tear down our work. And she, you know, she said she didn't like working with my team, and she didn't like specifically working with one person. But she wasn't like nasty about that person. She's right. just like, "I don't like her." You know, we're not, we're not meant for each other. Um, but she was so generous and kind with telling me like what it was really like on her side of the phone or her side of the screen share to work with my team and that she wants better for me. She wants better for me so that I can grow my business. And it was really difficult thing to hear, but it was so filled with kindness and generosity in her, the sense that she wasn't cursing me out and she wasn't like just saying, I never want to talk to you again, which is certainly how ha- happens. Like I've had clients curse at us and it's like, okay, and we're never going to work with you again. Right. And then if the client that just ghost us, right? right, I'm much rather have somebody talk to me about something that's hard to hear right. um, so that I can decide for myself, is this the type of collaborator we want to have in a client or is this something that we're just going to end now and say right. goodbye?
0: Right. And I think that's really where that gift is, because it's such a rarity that a client would take the time to say, you know, I understand that you're kind of heads down, you're doing this work, but here's how here's the perception or here's the experience from the other side. And I think this could help us together. It's not just helping you. She was saying, like, I really want you to grow. And I want to maintain our relationship uh, as a client. I do think your work is good. Here's how we can improve together. And you're right. It's it is the most rare thing in the world, which is why, you know, I think there's got to be um, sort of one of those little things in the beginning of, of, of a project or the beginning of any kind of client relationship where you really put that stake in the ground to say this is two parties working toward a shared vision and there has to be mutual respect and there has to be great communication. And that's where, you know, we're, we're ultimately going to get to a place where something like you're describing.
1: Right. But this particular client of mine, she's a very, um, emotionally mature person, right? So she can, most people are not right. She can do this. She feels comfortable pouring her heart out and speaking from, you know, a real, real authenticity, not like I'm gonna play games and I'm right. this person, right? right? Um, she was speaking authentically from like her soul. She was speaking with kindness and she was making herself crystal clear. Mm-hmm. That is very, very unusual and very hard for people to do. Yes. But that is the type of client that I want to attract, right. right? Like I want to be able to have a hard conversation with somebody and not fear that they're gonna be cursing at me or throwing things at me, right? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we've, we've all been through. Yep. Well, no one's throwing things at me, but maybe they're throwing it at the phone. Um, so I want more people like her as right, clients. Right. This this is where our future growth is. Right.
0: So how did that whole situation and that conversation and and how you digested it afterwards? How did that change your own perspective about your agency?
1: Well, it helped me so much. Like, it, number one, it like made me stop. It, it helped me take a pause as a, as opposed to just like rushing into the next thing. I think it actually like turned my mindset into you know what I need to write down what our relationship needs to be with future clients. And that's what I did. I worked with my finance director Mm -hmm. and it wasn't just about money stuff. It was about like protocol and timely responsiveness and, you know, mutual respect. Like, and I wrote down like a whole laundry list, you know, for at first I wrote it in kind of like a, I'm, I'm mad and angry and frustrated. And it wasn't just about this situation. It was about sort of, there were a lot of walls caving in, kind of at the same time. Like there were, how about this? There was a lot of opportunities that the universe was presenting to me right. to learn from, right. all at the same time <laughs> last year. So thank uh, you for rephrasing that. <laughs> I wrote them all down, like you know, with my like attitude, whatever moment, you know, whatever resentment I was holding, and then I rewrote them in a kinder, softer way, the way that I really want, you know, to be in the world. Yep. and um. I said this this like this is the intention, like these are the types of people that I want to attract. This is the protocol for working with us, and um I wrote it down and I shared it with my team and I think that that shift of mindset really helped me um also because of this client's conversation with me, I really wanted to do better for them, mm. and I think that that was like so amazing. so if any clients are listening to this, like this client being speaking to me kindly and honestly. Um, from her heart made me want to do better for her. And I actually ended up investing, you know, gratis a lot of time with her team, like to really groom them into, um, making sure that they can trust us, right? Like giving them the sense that we are on their team because we are, and I want them to, and I want them to succeed. And I told the client team, like, listen, I'm doing all this and not billing you for it, but I just want to see this through. And this is many months later now we're working on bigger projects with much better timelines and much stronger budgets so that we can really, you know, do the work the right way. Right. And I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. But that came from that conversation with my client. You know, it, it, it wasn't going to happen by my myself doing it alone.
0: But it was reciprocal because she gave you this gift of all of this information and this knowledge and this experience. And then reciprocally you gave her you know, your time investment, which ultimately led to a much larger or multiple larger engagements with the same client. So yeah. it's, it's just really interesting how a lot of people would say, well, don't do work for free and don't let clients kind of just beat you up about different things, but there's nuance to all of this. Right? Well, I, That's what think I hear you saying
1: in that moment, I needed to prove it to myself. You know, like I think, um, in my work, I'm looking for clients that I can build a relationship with. And I know that seems like a little like soft or something, but like, I really want to feel connected to my work and I want to feel connected to the idea of growing brands I believe in. So I'm looking for this sense of connection and I know that I can't find it with everybody, right? Some people, it's just, and we have clients where it's like, do this work, do this work, do this work. And And more production. Yeah, yeah, which is fine, right? But I like, in my heart, the reason I started this business is to feel this connection, to feel like I am part of a company that we're working with. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think this is just one of those moments where like I needed my heart to be filled with more than just production, right? I needed right. to be filled with like, feeling like I'm part of a team because you know, it's very isolating to be an agency. Like a lot of clients really don't give us a seat at the table. Right. Um, even though we're asking for it, we're saying your money, every dollar you spend with us spend with us will you know, go farther if you really talk to us and let us in. Um, a lot of cultures don't allow it. So, when I do see an opportunity to have a seat at the table and really share expertise and be a part of the process, I really want to dive right in. And that's what I had in front of me at the right time. I had this client being so kind with me. And then I had this open door basically to a team who really was thirsty for our expertise and advice. Um, So I just went for it and I told them I am going for it and I'm not charging them for it. And I want to see it through. And then when the next project came up I said okay so now like now I'm gonna have to charge for it um but I got into the place where their thinking is more sophisticated and the projects are going better and um you know I think it's it's a, a win for everybody yeah
0: yeah that's great so as we're kind of wrapping up here um, the last time we spoke we talked about the larger issue here like this is a, a very small anecdote right but the larger issue here is that a lot of times as agency leaders, we sort of take our clients and we bucket them and we say, these are the ideal clients and these are the challenging ones. And we almost like throw the baby out with the bathwater a little bit. And so your story for me, what it did was it, it made me realize that we kind of have to rethink that a little bit because there's so much opportunity um, in dealing with more challenging clients and the opportunity could even just be sort of self-growth or Um, a new level for the agency so I just want to wrap up and and talk a little bit about that you know non you know stop stopping bucketing um, these clients into these like two extremes
1: right well I mean when I do that and I do it plenty it's (laughs) it's me assuming that the person is not a human right like but that's just not that's wrong they're not robots right they're not marketing robots or you know CEO robots they're human beings and um, we all have flaws there's no perfection in the world right so if I'm bucketing people into these categories, I'm taking the humanity out of it, which is actually like the opposite of what I want to be doing, right? I'm longing for the humanity. That's, right. that's why I'm here.
0: Right.
1: So um, it's really like it defeats the purpose of running my business to do that. And I think it's just an easy habit. Like right? we, we, we bucket everything, right? We, easy job, hard job, you know, profitable job, not profitable job. Sexy job, not sexy job, right? So, but I really want to start seeing people in a more human way, um, which is what I was able to do when the tide turned on this project, which is like, -hmm. be like, these are people who are thirsty and hungry for our advice and our expertise and I want to give it to them. And no, I'm not going to get paid at this moment for it, but I need to see this through. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that I would like to look at people like human beings and not like pieces of meat. Um, You know, I think that's, you know, um, maybe a little easier said than done, but over time, start to think these 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 people are human beings just like me who have other stuff going on in their lives. And because they're not, you know, answering the question the way I want them to, or they're not being crystal clear enough, it has nothing to do with me. It's they're human, right? Um, and I think that will help. It will help everything just be smoother and easier and more fun,
0: right? And some actionable things for that are kind of like just realizing maybe again it's just that pause or that that little reflection of things are not black and white, right? You don't know what someone else is going through. So if you have a client that's just um, a little bit off or just not communicating the way that you would like them to, maybe it's just um, pausing for a second and realizing that they may be going through something else in their lives. And how could you actually rephrase the questions that you're asking? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, how could you take a little bit more of a holistic approach to be sensitive to things that that they may be going through? And I know that sounds like, well, as agency owners, like, why do we have to do all this? But the reality is, if you want to get to the place where these relationships are really meaningful and it's not just more money in the bank, that's kind of what you
1: have to do, right? Yeah, I agree completely. Right. I want this to be fun. I want it to feel fulfilling. I, if I wanted like to be a bazillionaire, I wouldn't be doing this. I would have gone into, I don't know, something else. But, um, I'm not doing this for the money. (laughs) I don't know where the money is yet. I'm doing it because I, you know, I'm good at it. And I do believe ultimately I've unlimited earning potential. Um, and I just need to ride this wave until I see it.
0: Right. Well, Jody, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you sharing your story today.
1: Thank you for giving a voice to this really kind of shitty situation. I appreciate it. (laughs) This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig,
0: the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.